Hey everybody, Matt Hardman here with the Race Nerd Podcast. Uh, here on CKCC Radio. Sorry about this one being a short, abridged episode. I don't know what's happening with um, my recording device slash um, phone. Uh, apparently the app that I use to record my episodes has actually been screwing up really bad and I've lost my uh, Daytona 500 Speed Weeks episode along with um, the Chase at the the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. Not the Chase at the Coliseum, but the Clash at the Coliseum. I've lost both of those episodes along with a couple of episodes of the Patreon show on the road with the race nerd. Um, so I'm very disappointed and I apologize to all you listeners and I apologize to Chris O'Malley at CKCC Radio because uh, this is rather embarrassing. I mean, the biggest race of the year, uh, I had a really awesome show and it just goes straight down the shitter. Um, I... I'm just beside myself. Um, so I'm going to give you an abbreviated um, episode to get you caught up on everything that's gone on uh, since the last time we talked. Uh, obviously, we had the Hall of Fame with um, Dale Jr. and uh, Red Farmer and the late uh, Mike Stefanik. A very, very touching Hall of Fame. Um I don't know how much to say about that. Obviously, uh, Red Farmer, a legend in motorsports for over the last 50, 60 years. Uh, Mike Stefanik, uh, somebody who I've campaigned for on this show um, for many years. A nine-time NASCAR touring season series champion um, in the only driver, as far as I know, that has won um, two NASCAR top-tier touring series titles. Try saying that five times fast. Um, not only once, but he did it twice, uh, winning the Modified Series and the Bush North Series titles um, the same year. Then going back and doing it again the very next year. Um, his 1997 and 1998 seasons are, are, are certainly something um, for the history books. Um, you know, and I'm very glad to see him in the Hall of Fame, and along with Dale Jr. And it's with Dale Jr., it's not about the wins, uh, the 26 wins, 24 on the Xfinity Series side. Um, it, it's just the impact Dale Jr. has had on the sport. Um, bringing it to new heights and pop culture. Um, then you take in his ownership. Um, first chance to uh, bringing uh, bringing a uh, a future Hall of Famer, Martin Truex Jr., uh, really into uh, you know many eyes in the sport. Um, you know, then you look at what he's done with Junior Motorsports. And all the careers he helped uh, along the way from uh, the Chase Elliott's to the Justin Allgaier's to the um, Tyler Reddick's and um, Josh Berry's of, of, the, uh, of the NASCAR world. So, 
Um, obviously, like I said, it, it, his, his Hall of Fame credentials aren't just as a driver. It's, uh, you know, many, many facets of the sport, uh, a sport that he holds very dear. So I was very happy about that. Um, then we had the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum, uh, which I was very skeptical about. But it put on a great show. Joey Logano beating out Kyle Busch for that first ever win at the LA Coliseum. Um, lots of good racing. Lots of cars that you wouldn't expect up front. Um, a lot of parody with this new car. And, and I was pleasantly surprised by that. Pleasantly surprised by how they raced at the track. And I was even surprised with, you know, how good and receptive uh, the fans in Los Angeles were. Um... You know, so I, I I was very hyped for it. I was not really a fan of it when they announced it, but I thought that this was really awesome um, that they were able to pull this off. Um, then we go into Speed Weeks, uh, which was a little shorter this year. It had been in the past. Um, they cut down the days for a lot of teams at the track. Um, instead of bringing it to from like a week plus, they kind of shriveled it down to four days. But it did have its moments. Um, you had qualifying with Kyle Larson, last year's Cup Series champion, and certainly the best driver on the track in 2021, winning his first ever Daytona 500 pole. Uh, and Alex Bowman, uh, his teammate in the 48 Ally Chevy, um, Picking up the uh, the runner-up spot in qualifying for the fifth time in a row. Uh, certainly history right there. Bowman the showman um, starting from the top of the Daytona 500 field for the last five Daytona 500s. That's astounding right there. Um, that happened on Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday saw the uh, Daytona Duels, which saw 42 drivers fight for 40 spots in the field. At the end of the day, uh, the six drivers that, you know, had to fight tooth and nail were Greg Biffle with NY Racing, uh, the Jonathan Cohen-owned team, which we've heard rumors that they were going to come back to the sport for years um, after unceremoniously leaving NASCAR many years back um, due to some controversy. Um, the Floyd Mayweather team, um, uh, Carl Long's two teams uh, at Motorsports Business Management, um, the Heisberg team, which uh, saw 1995 Indianapolis 500 winner and 1997 uh, F1 driver champion Jacques Villeneuve behind the wheel. Um, and there was a sixth driver, and I'm drawing blank. But it, at the end of it all, it came down to uh, the MBM uh, cars of Timmy Hill and J.J. Yaley being eliminated from making this year's Daytona 500. Uh, so many stories. You had Kaz Growler with the Floyd Mayweather team. You had NY Racing. You had Jacques Villeneuve making his first ever Daytona 500. And what was a bucket list item he wanted to do in his career was to race the Daytona 500. 
Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of hard racing. Uh, that saw Brad Keselowski win the first duel and Chris Buescher, Keselowski's teammate, win the second. So RFK Racing sweeps the Daytona duels. Um, very cool moment um, for a lot of fans because Brad, you know, went all in, you know, left his comfort zone at Team Penske Racing and the famed Blue Deuce um, to, uh, to take a, to join a struggling organization with Roush Fenway, a, a team that used to be at the top of its game 10, 15 years ago. And um, try to rehaul it as both a driver and as a part owner. Uh, so paid dividends in the duels. Um, Friday would see the truck race with Zane Smith, a driver who last year made the final four for the truck series title. Um, who was going into that final four with the possibility of not racing in 2022. Um, but he would be picked up by Front Row Motorsports' Truck Series team. Uh, he picks up his first Daytona win. Um, the second year in a row, Front Row Motorsports has had one of their entries win at Daytona. Obviously, last year, Michael McDowell won the Daytona 500. So that was pretty big. Uh, Saturday saw the ARCA race, which is traditionally held on the day of qualifying. Um, in previous years, uh, run a, um, run a Saturday matinee, which saw Corey Haim win the ARCA Series race there for Venturini Motorsports, a long-time, uh, ARCA Series team. And then later on that day, we would see Austin Hill in his maiden voyage for Richard Childress Racing. Uh, bring the number 21 uh, United Rentals Chevrolet Camaro uh, to Victory Lane. This is Hill's first win in the series uh, as he is going for Rookie of the Year. Um, Hill is teamed up with another um, former Truck Series standout, uh, former Truck Series champion, might I add, uh, Sheldon Creed. And they certainly had a good race. Um a lot of good racing at Daytona. Then we move on to the Daytona 500, which saw Austin Sindrick, another Austin, uh, win the um, Daytona 500 for Roger Penske Racing. Uh, Sindrick, who in the offseason uh, took over the, uh, the aforementioned Blue Deuce after um, Brad Keselowski moved to RFK Racing. And um, there was a lot of good racing, a lot of hard racing. There were some incidents on the track, um, and some that got a lot of fans up in arms, particularly with uh, Brad Keselowski for being involved in multiple wrecks during the uh, the course of the 500 with some bad pushing and all. Um, but at the end of the day, really good run um, as Sindrick beats out teammate. Ryan Blaney, and Chase Briscoe uh, to hoist the Harley J. Earl Trophy for his first Daytona 500 win. Um, 
ironically, on Roger Penske's birthday. So that's a hell of a present for the captain. Um, so we move on from there to this past weekend with, um, with racing at Fontana for NASCAR at Auto Club Speedway. And IndyCar gets their series started on the streets of uh, St. Pete, Florida. Uh, Scott McLaughlin, driving for Team Penske, uh, picks up his first career IndyCar win. And um, on the Xfinity side, Cole Custer gives Bobby Dodder his first ever win as an owner in NASCAR's top series. Daughter, who is a longtime uh, truck series owner and um, Xfinity series owner as well, uh, his first win in the series uh, after winning his lone uh, NASCAR Bush series win about 30 years ago. Uh, so this is pretty big. I, th I thought that was a great moment. And he did that after three overtimes. Uh, then we would move on to the Cup Series race, which would see um, Kyle Larson pick up his first win of the season. And this one was not without any controversy. Um, as late in the race, uh, Larson would get in the teammate Chase Elliott, and Elliott would win and would go into the into the wall. I almost said into the mall, um, but would go into the wall. Um, become a non-factor as Elliot was running third at the time. And Larson was the leader um, trying to fight off a block from second place Joey Logano. Um, Elliot would then spin to try to bring out the caution so Larson would lose his lead. Um, it, was, it was just a, a really, really bad sportsmanship. And this left a bad taste. Um, being a Kevin Harvick fan, left a really bad taste in my mouth. Uh, for those of you who remember uh, Bristol last year, um, this isn't the kind of driver a lot of people really, really talk about when they talk of uh, Chase Elliott. But this is a, a, a piss poor move. Uh, I understand what's heat at the moment, um, but I think this is a piss poor move, of, especially in the eyes of a former champion um, being Chase Elliott. Uh, but um, overall, really good racing at Fontana. The crowd loved it. A lot of passing. There were a lot of cautions because this new car is harder to drive, which is the whole idea. Uh, it, it definitely is a safer car, um, as we saw with some of the wrecks, both at Daytona and Fontana. It is a much, much safer car. Um, so I enjoyed it. Uh, we do have uh, info on the... Uh, SRX series as they have started naming some of their drivers uh, there'll be some returning drivers like Paul Tracy uh, Haley Castro Neves will return for three races Tony Kanon for five races um, Ryan Hunter Ray uh, former Indy 500 winner um, will join the series along with um, Michael Waltrip Greg Biffle I believe was announced, um, but a very surprising one is Ryan Newman. Now, Ryan, who is a former Daytona 500 winner, um, multi-time winner on NASCAR's Cup Series, uh, one of, I think, thir only 30 drivers to ever win in all three of NASCAR's top series. Um, 
you know, the Rocket Man, who was left without a ride after um, Brad Keselowski had signed with uh, RFK Racing, uh, left without a full-time ride, I should say. Um, Newman, you know, will find a home in this series, being reunited in part with Tony Stewart, uh, as the two of them were the original two drivers of Stewart Haas Racing uh, during their inception. Um, many years later, they would kind of have a fallout with um, Newman um, ha losing his spot to Kevin Harvick uh, in what would be the four car, and Newman actually basically swapping spots, in essence, uh, with um, Harvick going over to Richard Childress Racing. Uh, so it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. You know, maybe maybe age and wisdom do play into that, or or maybe a lot of fans, including myself, probably just thought more of it than there was. Um, but I, I thought that was pretty cool. You're gonna have you're gonna have a pretty good field. There's still names being thrown out there. Um, one name that has not been thrown out there is Tony Stewart. It does not look like he will be returning uh, to defend his inaugural SRX crown, um, which is already. A lot of people, a lot of people who follow the SRX series say that this could be Ernie Francis's year. Uh, Ernie Francis, who is the Trans Am driver, um, who rose to notoriety on a on a national level uh, through the SRX series, uh, finished runner-up last year, uh, won a race at um, O'Reilly Auto Park uh, Speedway, the old Indianapolis uh, Raceway Park. Uh, will um, pretty much be the odds-on favorite, but I don't say I'd say don't write off drivers like Ryan Newman and um, and whatnot for this series title. Uh, Marco Andretti being another one who is coming back, and Andretti had won last year, so this is going to be an even more interesting and fun series. Uh, their second year round, they have not release the entire roster of who will be driving where in those um, spec uh, stock identical um, SRX cars. So it's going to be really, really fun in 2022 for that series. Um, prior to Daytona, there was an announcement that um, Anheuser-Busch will be sponsoring 10 female drivers. Um, to help them reach the um, the top tier of NASCAR, uh, drivers like Jennifer Jo Cobb, um, I'm drawing Amber Backland of the ARCA series, uh, Natalie Decker, um, so on, so on. I'm trying to think of some of the others. Gracie Trotter, um, trying to help them reach that. They're um, giving away $10 million to help these drivers with uh, PR, sponsorships, and whatnot. And these these could be very big for some of these drivers. Um, I know Jennifer Jo Cobb's got a lot of seat time. Uh, got a lot of um, things going her way. But for a driver like Gracie Trotter or a um, Amber Backland or a Tony Brettinger, you know, they're just starting to get going in their careers. And I think that they there's there's some upside, especially with Trotter. Um, or definitely when it comes to a, um, a driver like Melissa Fitfield, um, the 
Bush rep female representative in the um, the Whalen Modified series. This could be huge because this, her team is on a very shoestring uh, budget as a family-owned team, uh, sponsored by the uh, the used car lot that she owns, the used um, car business that she owns, I should say. Um, so I, this this money and this help and you know finding sponsorships and even Bush coming on for a couple of races this could be huge. Um, a difference between a last place finish and you know getting the equipment to actually finish middle of the pack or even up towards the front in some cases. So uh, I, I applaud this. Um, uh, the obvious notable and a lot of people pointed it out. Um, out of all these females is the fact that it is uh, it does not include Haley Deegan and the reason for that is because Deegan is under the age of 21 uh, and she would not qualify for this program because this program is for 21 and up um, but obviously also she gets a lot of support through Monster uh, she has moved up the ranks on, on her own uh, Ford is heavily invested in Deegan's development um, to the point where there is the possibility that she may be taking a ride at Stuart Haas Racing uh, as some of the rumors uh, have included. Uh, so this is it's very interesting. Um, we move to Las Vegas uh, this coming week um, and they're gonna put on a show uh, I think it's going to be really fun, and they are running all three series, and um, this will be the first of the six races, I believe, uh, for Todd Bodine as in the 62 uh, Toyota Tundra as a teammate to uh, Stuart Friesen. Uh, this is that deal that was put together with Marcus Limones uh, through Twitter to... Um, to help Todd get 800 career NASCAR starts across all three series. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the Onion hit that number. I wasn't a Todd Bodine fan growing up, but I certainly appreciated his driving. I, you know, I did curse at him quite a bit, especially when he was um, battling Ron Hornaday for those truck titles in the early 2000s. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly appreciated what Todd Bodine brought to the table. Because he, to be honest, he's probably the most charismatic of the Bodine brothers. And, you know, I can honestly say I think he's the most talented of the Bodine brothers. And he certainly is a joy on Race Hub listening to. Uh, because he does know his stuff. Uh, and he is quite entertaining. So, um, props to Todd Bodine on making... Uh, the first of his Chase to 600, uh, 800 starts. Um, so, I apologize once again for the abbreviated episode. Um, we'll talk after... I will see you again. We, not we'll talk. I'll talk. You guys will probably listen and wonder what's going through my head. Um, but we'll definitely go into Fontana... Not Fontana, Las Vegas... And, um, we will have, uh, there's some news coming out. I just saw it, um, the passing of Danny Ungaius. We'll talk about that on the next episode and how Danny Ungaius actually played a lot into, um, the 
floor of the um, Indianapolis 500 in its connection to um, probably two, probably one of the biggest moments in Indy 500 history. But we'll talk about that at a later time uh, in the next episode. Uh, anyway, 25 minutes, I think I kind of caught you guys up without getting a little long-winded. Um, so, at that note, um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting CKCC Radio. And if you haven't already become a patron, uh, you can listen to me on my uncensored, unscripted show, On the Road with the Race Nerd, on Patreon. Uh, just look for CKCC Radio on Patreon, and it uh, starts off at $5 a month, um, and you can listen to great content like On the Road with the Race Nerd, or um, many other shows like VIP Wrestle Talk, or um, many of Chris and Dan's other shows, uh, Jeff Trelowitz and his um, bonus episodes of Ranking Tracks, in real paranormal, you can check all that out on CKCC Radio on Patreon. So until then, um, stay safe, and I will see you at the track next week. Bye.